Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome to the episode 36 of the Masters Muscle Podcast. Whole new year. Hopefully, everybody is kicking it off with a bang. Before we get into our guest of the evening, Vinny, give us a quick update of the Golden Bachelor. Some of us saw you on the show, but give us the highs and lows, my friend. Uh, it was great to travel with my family. Um, we all had a great time. And, uh, you know, it was uh, so surreal to, you know, being behind the camera to see how the, the TV show was being all put together. And, and then even um, you guys didn't see this, but like Gary, Gary was walking down the aisle, got to the altar and uh, they said cut and he had to walk back down and then do it all over again. What? So, so we saw things like that. and God. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, Gary's uh, family is amazing. His daughters and son-in-laws, which is great people. And um, thank God my family and his family got along really well. So it's that's great. Cool. That's great. Yeah, it was really good. Really good. Are they, are they Italian too, Vinny? Or? No, you know, I don't. They're they have a, a mix of uh, different stuff. I don't I don't know. They're not Italian. Okay. Not Italian. Okay. So, so who's our guest of the evening, Vinny? Scott Applebaum. Scott and I know. Geez, Scott, how long did we go back? Like ninety nine, ninety eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quite a while. Yeah, yeah, quite a while. And um, Scott, I know that you started your bodybuilding career back in eighty seven, winning, uh, coming in second in the Staten Island. Yeah. And um, Scott and I met through. Um, the Apex Nutrition um, Program, NASM. Yeah. And I was uh, just getting my feet wet, getting involved with personal training on a little different level with nutrition. And I got hired to run the nutrition program for uh, Gold's Gym in Stanford, Connecticut. And I remember getting certified through them and with Lenny Parasino scott and yes lenny wow yeah long time ago he yeah. was i think a former mr usa competitor winner great bodybuilder great, great bodybuilder yeah and um i shortly my my stint there was short-lived i realized i did not want to sit behind a desk and write programs it wasn't for me i was too antsy i needed to be on the gym floor and train people so i'm, I'm glad i at least tried it and and went that route um, but that, that the doing the apex programs, the nutrition programs were not, wasn't for me. And Scott and I have developed a relationship over the years where it's a mutual respect for what basically he knows. Cause whenever I think about like, Hey, I want to learn something new or pick somebody's brain. Scott's probably one of the top two, top three people that I go to and Scott. So a lot of people don't know this. Um, when I made my comeback. I was lost. I was coming back from having 14 uh, screws, uh, anchors uh, throughout both my shoulders. And I hadn't trained in like really three years. It was really difficult for me to get back on track. And Scott basically paved the way for me and just put me on a, a nice plan. I, and, I, and, and it was funny because we butt heads a little bit in the beginning because I wasn't the guy to follow an app or anything. And he had me follow um, my, uh, what was the name of it? The the nutrition app that you dot fit, dot fit, which was where, where, where apex kind of evolved to, you know, of being web-based. Yeah. And I, and I just, and, I, and I'm not a guy who counts calories or anything. And this is all like, I don't want to do this. Just give me a diet. Just tell me to eat a potato. I didn't care. <laughs> and so 
it was a, it was a rough road in, in 18 or so. I, I took dead last in the Masters because, uh, yeah, Baltimore Pro. And then, um, but what we talked about evolved, and and we'll go we'll we'll talk about it through the podcast. So, Scott, thank you so much for coming. And Thanks for having uh, me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I've wanted to do this for a while because I think like you and I talk on the phone a lot. Yes. And we, you, you had said you're an outlier in the sense of what you do, how you bring your nutrition to another level, even in the off season. And let's start with that. Let's start with your off season and we'll go backwards a little bit to how you started your career. Well, I, you know, I, I feel, especially being in an advanced age as we are, is that you do not let your body get too heavy. Why? And one of the reasons that always I've thought about is that the elasticity of uh, an older person's skin is not like a younger person's skin. And if we're going to be on stage again, which, you know, I knew I would be, you got to keep it tight. You know what I mean? And and not letting yourself and, and it's really a fallacy. You know, but it goes all bulking up. And, and because if you want to talk science, you don't need that many calories above your, your maintenance to build muscle. But people say they, they think they do. They do. And it gives them an excuse to overeat, you know? Absolutely. Because like at the end, like when you look at your physique off season and you look at your physique, say a week out from a contest, size wise, there's really not much difference except if you let yourself go too much and where you collect your body fat. Yeah. So most men, it's usually around the stomach. And I've noticed that as I've gotten older, I had the skin issue too. When we first started talking a couple of years ago uh, around my belly button, I was like, where'd this come from? And then as I've stayed kind of leaner in my off seasons now, that has diminished quite, quite some, um, quite a bit. So I, I, I'm firsthand. I understand what you're talking about. You can think about it as a rubber band, you know, a brand new rubber band that snaps right back, but keep pulling that rubber band, opening and closing. It's going to, it starts to get loose, right? Yeah. That's exactly what happens with skin. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because you know, I first saw you earlier in the year at the um, triumph yeah. in Florida. And you, you, you nailed your condition. And I was like, wow, I don't know if you could get any better. And then when you showed up in the universe in Teaneck, you brought another level of condition. You're right. I, I, you're right. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I, did. I, was so, I was so amped up knowing what you look like at the NPC Triumph in Florida. And then you show up at the universe. And I was like, holy shit, how did you freaking pull that off? And what did you do to improve an already, I would say, like very peaked, perfect condition. Well, you, well, you know what? That, that's why a, a, a warm-up show, if you will, is important, especially when you don't compete like every single year. Because I hadn't competed since 2018, you know. Um, and I, 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 I it, it, you know, one of the things that I, that I didn't do and I took it for granted, and you and I talked about it, was first, I, I know how to pose, but I didn't practice my posing. And from the day after the triumph, I posed every single day after the, in the posing room, after my workout for at least 30 minutes, you know? And I looked at the pictures. I analyzed myself from um, the, uh, the triumph. And I said, yeah, I was in really great condition, but you know what? I think I was a little bit over dieted. Okay. So I was able to increase my calories slightly, pull back my cardio, and it actually helped my condition, and I I, I actually was fuller. So th that's why I, I feel doing a show like a warm show, which is what I did. I was able to take those little things, make those little changes, which had a predominantly great effect on the way I look. You know? 
Yeah, because what happens a lot of times when people are in shape like that and they go into another show three or four weeks later, they forget they're already in shape and they diet even harder. Where you analyze it and realize I need to eat a little bit more and just fill the physique out a little bit. And, and, and honestly, there was parts of my body that got leaner from that, you know, because what, what it takes to get you somewhere is not necessarily what it takes to keep you there. Oh, absolutely. So did you increase your carbohydrate intake or protein intake or both? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. So what was your um, thought process in saying, okay, all right, you said you were flat, which I didn't think you were flat in the NPC. I, I, well, you know what, what, what? One of the things I took from you would, would kept me full is you made a suggestion again. And I learned from everybody as well. He said, try because you're competing in four divisions, Scott, and you you know, if they keep you up on stage, you're gonna flatten out a little bit. Dates. So I bought a shitload of the whole dates. The and, yeah, I I and it those worked perfect. Because I don't like to eat anything that's gonna fill my stomach up. These did not because they're very small, but they they basically just filled me back back out and literally like that. Because I would go from one class to another, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, it, you, you know, from posing, it, you, you tend to get a little bit flat, and it, it did not happen at the universe. You know, it's kept betting. But between two shows, the both shows, the weeks wise, did you add the measurable dates in your diet? No, no, no. I, I, I was I, my 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 post workout meal increased, and this and the meal after that, I increased my carbohydrates and and slightly my protein. That's what I did, and I cut back my cardio by ten minutes per session. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, so Scott, you mentioned you hadn't competed since eighteen. What made you come back? Um, the universe, I was going to be 60 and I wanted my pro card because okay. in, in, in 18, you know, um, I competed, uh, here in Florida and, uh, won the prestige cup, uh, masters. That's when they had a masters overall back then. And I won the open. And then I, the following week I went up to New Jersey and competed in, um, uh, the muscle beach, uh, Jason show and won the masters there. Won classic. Uh, over I won everything overall for bodybuilding classic and masters overall classic you know jeez okay and I, and, I, and my wife said well scott you just won two overall titles you won the masters you won the open you won the classic and both what else is it to prove and i had the back of my head i'm like you know um i i i want that uh that pro card and what happened was i was starting to shoot for the north americans which uh because that's just in the summer and my immune system was really compromised by competing in two shows and dieting, you know, yeah. and I developed uh, shingles. Oh, okay. Because it was about four to six weeks, I think, between both. And I think two or three weeks after the Muscle Beach, when I was when I was still kept, kept prepping and didn't tell my wife, I, I woke up and I'm like, what's, I felt this nerve pain in my back, you know. It, it was short-lived. But it, but it kept me it kept me out you know it, it did keep me out. Okay. What it spread all over your back? Uh, no, I was able. To, I, I'm, I I use essential oils and it kind of zapped it. The nerve pain kind of didn't go away for a while, and it kind of made me like I was it was uh, you know kind of like really get fatigued me. But uh, it it didn't never bubbled up like uh, um externally th there was no symptoms you know. Gotcha. So let, let's go back to 1987. Yeah. And you're doing your first contest. Yeah. And how has how has your diet and, and training evolved from eighty seven to now? So you were in your twenties, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Now you're 60. Talk us through learn, learning the curve in the sense of what to do and what not to do as the years go on. And like, what were the changes? I well, just, just, to, just to step back a little bit before that, my whole desire, you know, I wrestled in high school and college. And when I was wrestling, there was no um, weight restrictions, meaning that the, 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 the coach said, I want you at this weight and, and I want you to lose that weight. And because you're going against a team and they wanted you to match up against a guy. And, I'm, and I used to be the master of weight loss. My coach said, I want you at 112 pounds when I was a junior. You know what I mean? And um, I said, well, I got to be able to be strong on the mat. I said, so I can't lose my strength or any of my muscle. I got to lose just excess fat. And that was where my, my, the whole thought process of, and passion for um, body composition really started, you know? And when I went to college, I was studying nutrition, exercise science. So that's where the basis of, of my knowledge was when it came to, you know, um, to, you know, to, to both training and, 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 and nutrition. So I use those basic principles, but at the same time, you know what, I, I hate to use the, you know, I guess when you really apply stuff, it doesn't work the way it works in a book or a lab, you know, yep. it, it's, it's just different. And I realized then that different foods and different, you know, affect people differently. So I have my body, I have to go through a learning curve of my own body, you know, yeah, uh, we all have, right? But I, I didn't know what was would was would would work and what what didn't. You know what I mean? And 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 what I'll tell you the the one thing that I that, that I do different now versus then it's incredible. And if you remember was back in the eighties, I I used to I cut water on Thursday. All oh, right, yeah. yeah. And I, I and I was eating, you know, drinking distilled water. This is my first show. I, okay, when I bought and I cut water on Thursday, and everything I ate was low sodium. Everything. OK, you take this full circle to 2023. I didn't stop drinking at all. And my sodium was super, super high. So it was the antithesis. You know what I mean? Talk about going from one end of the spectrum to the other, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, we've all experienced the same stuff. We, we came yeah. up with the same era. And I remember the same thing, drinking distilled water, cutting water out. Thursday yeah. And trying to find cancer. And, and you say this of why am I, you know, I, I get, you, you say, you, you, you know what it's the science is, how can I carb up without water? It's just going to sit in my gut. You yeah. know? <laughs> but that's the way, that's the way it was back then. Yeah. And everybody believed, you know, it was funny because it's what we believe the pros were doing and it wasn't the, the case at all. Cause I remember talking to John Natashak when he was training for the 87, um, I'm sorry, the 84 uh, nationals and the 80, then the 87 night of the champions. And um, I got, a, I got the chance to be in the same gym with him. And he, I remember him talking about drinking a lot of water and adding sodium to the diet. And we were like, why you're adding sodium. And then guys were like, well, let me sodium deplete and then I'll sodium load. And they went, you know, there was all that little mishap of physiques being looking like they were phenomenal. And then they look horrible day to show because now you're holding a ton of water. Because you're overloaded. Yeah, two, well, two things. One, I see John every single day at the gym. You know, oh, yeah. he's he he trains people at Redcon. You know, in fact, he's promoting his own uh, pro show this year. Yeah, yeah, you know, a yeah, two twelve. Um, and, and, and but the, you know the funny thing is, is that you know load and 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 and, and, and you know and deplete. The body doesn't like extremes. You know what I mean? It just it doesn't. You know, people talk to me about blood pressure and high blood pressure. 
you know, and I always say to myself, people, you know, when you train, you raise your blood pressure and someone takes a pre-workout, which is artificial raising their blood pressure, but you don't see too many people dying in the gym. You know what I mean? Of, of a stroke. Mm-hmm. The reason being is because when they die in their sleep, and this is just a fact, is that the blood pressure is so high and when it's the lowest when they're sleeping. So the delta, the, 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 the significant change is what the body doesn't like. And that's what occurs. So interesting. So the body does not like, you know, significant, you know, pendulum swinging from one end to the other, you know? And that also, that also goes back to the big thing today is the um, uh, peak week. And, I, and I, I try to explain to a lot of competitors that being in shape is the goal before the contest, two, three weeks out and coasting in yes. and not manipulating anything. So that way there's no um, setbacks and holding water or, or over carving. As long as you're just on a nice steady pace, trying to be 10% better usually backs, backfires yeah. looking 30% worse. And I see people doing that all the time. I tell my competitors, you're, you're going to go backstage and you're going to see people doing some wacky things. They're going to be eating foods that that were never on their diet for the last 12 weeks. Yeah. And they're adding it in. And you're going to just bring your meal and you're going to have your dates in between each, you know, uh, uh, category and you know we're gonna we're gonna figure all that out as the time goes on because you know you never know when the show is gonna start and you're trying to time everything yes and then some of my competitors will be like am i doing something wrong i'm like no you're not doing anything wrong you look amazing let's just stay on track and stay calm i think that's another thing like that we've learned and you are yes. very calm i'm very calm behind stage and and you see too many people get wound up and you know get all nervous and like what is what is that guy doing? What's that girl doing? Cortisol is it rising? It's rising. Yeah, yeah, it's a big thing. So you know, it's funny talk about behind stage. I see, and you and, and Vinny, you've seen it hundreds of times. They'll put a rice cake with peanut butter. Mm. Like I never understood that because the peanut butter is going to slow the absorption of that carbohydrate. So why are you putting the fat in there? You know, it makes no sense. Makes no sense. Everybody's doing it. No, no. And then you see people swallowing gummy bears and Skittles yeah. and glasses of wine. And, yes. I, you know, a lot of people even drink Jack Daniels backstage for the vascularity. I'm like, you're already, if you didn't eat enough car, you didn't do your homework, you're not going to have vascularity now. Yeah. And it's just like excuses just to like, I don't know. I, it just makes no sense to me. Yeah. No, I, I, I and I, I agree with you 100%. You haven't eaten this food for 16 weeks, and now you're introducing it? Come on. Yeah, makes no sense. Um, Scott, do you even have an off-season? I was looking at your pictures. Do you even have an off-season? I, I stay in good shape because, you know what? I like to feel and look good. Plus, at the age of 60, you know, uh, the other part of what I really am involved in is really wellness and staying healthy. You know what I mean? Yep. Um you know, it's like when people come to me um, and they want to change their body or they want to compete, you know, uh, I give them what they want, but I actually get them what they need. Meaning, you know, what is the right way, foods to eat within the foods you're eating? You know what I mean? Like, example, I make everybody eat organic rice. Why? Well, rice is grown in patties. And there's usually a lot of runoffs and creams and rivers, which have a lot of toxins and heavy metals in there. So if you're going to have rice and you're going to have it every single day, make sure it's organic, you know? Absolutely. Blueberries. Okay. Every blueberry, any berry needs to be organic because the amount of herbicides and pesticides that are sprayed on berries is yeah. it's unbelievable. And if you're going to eat them every day, it should be 
organic, you know, and just for health purposes, you know? So are you a grass-fed person too then, going that route? Grass-fed beef, grass-fed, grass-finished, absolutely. Yeah, I get all my food from Trader Joe's. Make sure everything's all organic. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think I tell people, I, I said, listen, I'm going to have help you navigate the food industry maze because, you know, marketing sometimes confuses people, you know? So, so with, with that being said, talk us through pasteurized, organic, like there's so many words that are thrown out. To like, like, like eggs, for example, pasture raised eggs are what we should eat. Why? Because the chickens were made to what? Graze in a pasture and any pasture raised egg. And quite honestly, I get my eggs from a, a woman on a farm and I get my eggs every single week from her, which is lucky. You know, I, I see the hens roaming around, you know, but pasture raised eggs are the, the, the chickens are, are foraging around eating worms and grass and whatever is around there, you know, versus the, the people they market vegetarian fed. Well, if, 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 if it's eating a little small bug or, or, or lizard, it's not being vegetarian fed. And that's what it should eat. Number one, cage free doesn't mean any. It's a marketing term. So is free range. They're still kept in a coop. The only time a chicken is indoors is at night so that the vultures don't get them. You know what I mean? That's it. So pasteurized is the way to go. Pasture raised. Pasture raised. Yes. And it's funny, when I pick up my eggs, they sit on my counter. There's no need to, for them to be refrigerated. But it goes, why? I go, well, when the hen lays the egg, what it just sits out, it sits outside, right? It doesn't go bad. And they're like, Yeah, you're right. You're right. I never thought of that. Well, never Scott, I had I had read Scott and, and confirm or deny that. Yes, leave them out, but the minute you wash them, you're taking off whatever protective membrane. Then you that's true. Yes, yeah. yes, okay. yes, yeah. But okay. but 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 when you think about it, it's 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 the same thing with butter, right? Yeah. Like when I grew, grew up in my house, butter was it was in the refrigerator. It was in the cabinet. You know. So let's talk about eggs for a second, because there's so much debate on that. Yeah. How many yolks would you eat in a sitting? Six. You would eat six in one, like six whole eggs. Six whole eggs. That's every day for me. And when Whites. you do that, are you eating a carbohydrate with it? Right now I am. Um, because, again, it all gets back to the goal. My goal now is I'm, I'm maintaining. So I'm not looking to lose body fat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But but a lot of times when I'm working with competitors and people who can lose body fat, you can be in a, in a deficit in order to enhance that. and mag uh, They'll have a low-fat protein with a carbohydrate or a high fat protein with like a fibrous carbohydrate and that's it. Again, so but if, if so if you're eating six eggs and let's say a cup of rice. That's exactly what I have in the morning. Exactly. Okay. So now let's say, okay, now I want to switch to pre-contest diet. Do you lower the yolks down? No, for me, I, I well, in, in the morning, yes. Post-workout meal, yes, because I want those carbs. Maybe I'll have egg whites or I'll even have steak, like a, a you know, I I, I have a, a flat iron steak in the morning, you know, um, or I, and sometimes it's egg whites, but I'm sometimes I lately haven't been in the mood for egg whites, so it's not something that's in my mind to actually mention. But yes, got you, got you. So so you manipulated around the workout. Yeah, well, yeah, because you know that post workout meal is important. You know what I mean? And not, you don't have to be eating it right at the gym, but it's it's it. That's when the carbohydrates are going to be the cells are going to be ready to accept it. You know, 
So Scott, for you personally, are you more of a, a higher carb, lower protein, vice versa? Like what do you generally daily? I function a little bit better on, on, on a little bit higher fat, moderate carbohydrate, but, but, but carbs, there's nothing wrong with them. You know what I mean? But the, uh, the thing that the public needs to understand is that carbs have been vilified. Okay. We have three food groups, protein, carbs, and fats, right? Okay. Now, two things. One, protein, you need to give yourself several feedings throughout the entire day. Why? Because you don't store it. So you, you know what it is. Two, fats, they're what? Essential, which means you need to get them in a diet. The third one, and this is for most people, when I talk about athletes or, or high-level bodybuilders who need more carbohydrates, the public doesn't need that much carbohydrates. Why? They're not moving that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We live in a very sedentary society. So the need for carbohydrates, which main function is to provide energy, is not as it was years ago when we lived in an agricultural society, when we were out on the farm working all day. But of course, I have a guy that's a construction worker. His carbohydrate level is going to be higher. It just is. His overall calories are going to be higher because his energy expenditure is going to be higher. So it, you know, it's funny. I I, I, I work with um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, uh, some male physique guys, right? And, I, and I'm getting this guy ready for a show. And I remember because we had with two shows within about eight months. First show, he I I mean, he was sitting around doing nothing. So he's doing two sessions of cardio a day. The second show, again, every prep is different. We we had to do one session a day. Why? He was working for Amazon delivering, so he was in and out of that truck all day long moving. There wasn't the need for the extra cardio, you know? So what the, the conditions are different. The prep is different, you know? Throughout the years, has how has your, your mindset evolved into thinking the way you think? Like, di- like as we were talking earlier about sodium and, and distilled water and all that stuff, when did you start to think like, hey, wait, I want to start listening to my body not start listening. I'm not. I'm going to stop listening to what the uh, the bodybuilding society is saying because you know it's completely different. Because every physique and every, everybody's body is completely different. Yes, um, you- I, I, I I actually did it. You know, starting in 1988. You know, because I, I'm like, you know, I look good. You know, my first show. I mean, you know, but then I'm I'm like, this is not the way it's going to work. I, so I am going to be my own test tube. You know what I mean? And and, I, and I'm like I gotta go with like like what feels good, you know what I mean? And and, how, and I I'm a very analytical person, so if I you know how when I'm eating something, how is it gonna affect the way I look? How is it gonna affect my energy level? You know? And again, there are certain people who could eat uh, um, a sweet potato and they get a massive rise in blood sugar, or, or, or and but then when they eat rice, nothing, and vice versa. So we are all totally individuals you know and ju- so yeah you, you but people don't like you have to real i'm very analytical how foods affect the way i feel and look that's the key to me that's the key absolutely i i feel personally like i do very well with white rice so do i and cream of rice and sweet potatoes and the one thing that happens with me is that um i know personally like i can't veer away from the diet too much in the off season because every time I start to clean it up once in a blue moon, the first two to three weeks, my sugar level just crashes. 
and I have these horrible sweats and I'm, and I have to go, I can't shovel food down my throat fast enough. So I've learned from you, try to stay as close to possible possible with eating close to your contest diet as you know, as, as the best you can. You know, I'm not, I'm nothing like you. I'm no, well, no, the, food, the foods give you good energy. They affect you're eating more of them, but those are the foods that work for you. You know, I, I went with my own um, advice, in the, which I've developed in the gym because of my shoulders. I only focus on what I can do, not what I can't do. A hundred percent. And if I could just break in one second. So people tell me, hey, Scott, I see you do this blah, blah, blah exercise. I'm like, yeah, they go, when I do it, it hurts. I go, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> if, I mean, really, you know? Yeah. So I just took the same advice with food. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just eat a lot more of it in the off season. Um, and and I, I know how to get in shape. I know how long it takes. And it also to probably makes you feel good. You feel what you, good. What do you mean? Physically, you feel good. It produces good energy. You you know you don't you don't feel you know logged down because some of those other foods don't agree with you. You know, it took me a while because I was I I, I would go to the gym and I would train with um my training partner last year, this guy Juan, and I would say, my, I don't know what's going on with my gut. Something's wrong with my stomach every time I eat this meal, and it turned out that I I think I'm allergic to ground turkey. Because every time I would eat ground turkey from Purdue, horrible feeling in my stomach. When I switched over to organic ground turkey from over at Trader Joe's, the pain went away. Well, you, you were eating what the turkey was eating, a GMO feed. When you go to organic turkey, that turkey is grazing, you know, and any supplemental feed is non-GMO and organic. That's There it is right there which is what I try to get across to people. And they're like, you know, chicken is chicken. Turkey, I go, no, it's not. Because we are being bombarded with genetically modified food and it's affecting our guts. That Everybody goes, oh, you know, gut health is like the hottest thing now. I go, no, 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 you have to understand. In 1975, we ate uh, about 17% processed foods. And, 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 and again, those processed foods... We're not as ultra processed as they are today. We're right. eating about 57% processed foods now, and they're much more, even more intensely processed. So, of course, it's going to affect your gut. Plus, GMOs, none in 1975. Yeah. But look, your body doesn't recognize because it's genetically modified. That's it, That's the truth. I mean, I'll give things. My, my wife is in Italy, okay? She can't eat pasta here in the United States because she gets bloated. Italy, nothing. Yep. I, I experienced the same thing when I was in Romania. I, I, I had no stomach issues the week and a half I was there because I was eating the proteins from their stores, which all organic, all free range, all, all free range, all, yeah. Yeah, all organic. There's no such thing as organic over there. It's yeah. just organic. Um, so I experienced that like, wow, the amount of uh, additives are, are like minute compared to what, to what is put in our food here. And um, I agree with you. You know, it's it's funny, and not to, this is nothing really to be political, but there are people that live here in the United States who have traveled overseas, and they are now thinking about leaving the country and a country that they loved, for because in a lot of some of these other countries the border is closed, and the food's better. Yeah, it's not for any other reason than than that. It's not, that's really not political. It's just the you 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 feel 
your life is better. That's all, you know? Yeah, food is way better overseas by a long shot. I experienced it the first time when I went to Poland, and um, I, I, I see these guys we're training with. From We were there for the FIBO. I was with Universal Nutrition. We were with the FIBO for about a, a week, and then a week in Poland, and I'm seeing these guys, all these Polish guys, eating out whatever they wanted, and every day they were looking amazing. I'm like, how are you looking amazing? You're, some of you are going off your diet, and because the food's not processed. You know, it's funny you talk about Poland. You know, Kevin Lavrone, his supplement company is based out of there. That's where the headquarters are. Um, and he talked about possibly that would be a place he would relocate because they their borders are closed. You can't get in there unless it's legally they they screen you. You know what I mean? And the crime is literally in the basement. Yeah, I know. It's pretty. It's an interesting country. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I spoke to somebody from Greenland the other day on the podcast. He said there's no fast food joints in Greenland. You can't go to McDonald's, Burger King, nothing in Greenland. That's interesting. Yeah. But it's, it's mindless, Scott, what you said. You, you wouldn't think that what you're ingesting is what the animal ingested originally. Of course. You wouldn't think that. Yeah. So, Scott, with, with your training now, yeah. being 60, what are do, – do you gravitate on – because I know for me right now, like I'm down to like, I know I have four back exercises that work for me. I feel it. It's tangible. I get a pump. It feels amazing. And then there's a shitload of other exercises I don't even do anymore because I get nothing out of it. Mm -hmm. Are you at that point? Because I'm a little younger than you, but. Uh, yeah, yes, you know, I can still do anything that I want to do. You know, when I was in my 20s, you know, the only thing is it just takes me a little longer to get there, meaning I have to where I used to be able to jump on something right away. Now I just got to warm up. Um, I have not good, no injuries whatsoever. Um, and, and as you know, and, and I have to thank NASM for that That and, and, and my 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 um, my exercise, you know, science background, because, you know, I looked at it, you know, as OK, where muscle inserts, where it attaches, what's fiber direction and what it does. And then you're adding you know, resistance to that muscle's motion, you know, too many times I, you see in the gym that people think they're working a body part, but they're not. And they're going against the laws of the joint, you know, and, and I, I, I haven't, I haven't done that. I, maybe when I first started when I was in my twenties, but mm, I don't, you know, and, and that's why I, I've been able to live pretty injury free, not good, you know, give, I, us, a, give us an example of what you would see wrong, done wrong. Bench press. Explain. Good. Okay. Um, bench press is really not an exercise. It's really, I see it more as a sport. If the goal is to really work the pectoral. Okay. I'll get a perfect example. I'll give you is that, um, you know, most people that, that actually gravitate towards uh, a bench press before gyms were popular for people who, want, who look into ultra body composition, put on muscle were power lifters, but those power lifters had very short arms, very thick rib cages. So when they came down with the bar to the chest, they were at 90 degrees. Most people that go into the gym are not built like that, but they go bench press anyway. The other thing is the chest was put on your body so you can, what's called do shoulder horizontal adduction, which is to make this, this arm to the center of your body, either with the shoulder joint or with the elbow and the shoulder joint. So, it's, so you're adding to the center, shoulder adduction, right? So you lay down on a bench press. And now if I put oil on your hands, if you took the bar off, came down, as you come up, what would happen? Will your arms come in? No, they would go out. 
They would slide out. So you're not really adducting. Okay. So a, a dumbbell to me is the best mm. form of equipment to use. And what, because it, 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 you can dictate the path of the motion as well. You can move the angle slightly based on your anatomical structure with, with a bar. It's your close chain exercise, you know? And it locks you in too much. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and you also want to make sure you're not coming really past 90 degrees on that press. Why? Because you, 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 now that now now that the, the tension is taken off the pack and now put onto the shoulder joint, you know. You know, I think like what's missing is exactly what you're saying. What I mean by that is, when I first got into training, the information that you're giving right now came came from books like the NASM book and and a lot of the bodybuilding magazines, and we had to learn from real knowledge, like real, actual training, how the body worked according to the movement of what it was made for, right? Now, you got all these influencers, and I think that's where everything goes downhill. They're just creating exercises, botching them all up. They don't know what they're doing, and it's creating havoc in the gym. People are getting hurt, and they're, they're making a mishmash of what used to be great and just making it look like junk. That's what I call it, junk in the gym. No, I, I can't. I cannot agree more. Um, I actually, uh, I, I was talking to a, a female who I just got as a client, and she was talking to me about working her glutes and how she was working with a trainer, and he had her doing hip thrusts, which I have a big problem with. Okay, I have a huge problem with it. <laughs> and, and you know, but if you know, Brett Contreras is the glute, you know, the, the, the glute, glute king, you know. And I'm, and she's like, I said, did your lower back hurt you? She goes, yeah. I go, well, yeah. You, you, your lumbar spine is gonna take a lot of abuse. I said, plus the amount of pressure that's on your pelvis. Yep. With that bar, what you having padding or not? And she goes, yeah. I said, if you know what the glutes do, they do hip extension, either with the knee or without the knee. Just so when anybody says I, I do this, I go, well, what does that body part do? You know. That's that. That's really what it's about. It's, this is not my belief. It's just the way the body works. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and it's like Vinny said. I think people are overcomplicating it now. You know, bend thirty degrees this way. Use this machine to do this, and it's it's it, it's just out of control now. I think. Look, what, what do you do for your biceps, Scott? You have a peak on your. What do you what do you do for your peaks? I go. I do curls. It's called elbow flexion. Okay, <laughs> that's it. Elbow flexion. Yeah, I know. I like the I, only difference with that. I'm sorry to interrupt. Is no. You put your shoulder in a different position, you know, with your body, you create a different level of tension in a different part of the bicep. But the bicep contracts fully no matter what you do with a curl, period. So I have a question for you about, so with my own training, right? When I train chest, when I get to a certain rep range, if I add a little weight, I'm feeling it here because I have the anchors on my shoulders, Right. So I was thinking of doing, um, adding, uh, like if I'm in a Smith machine and put the, 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 um, the safety, uh, pins up yeah. where the bar would rest for a second and then press. I'm, I'm feeling like I need to add something different to stimulate the chest. Okay. Well, given you said when you go heavy, even though your chest can handle it, you feel it, it the pins, right? And, but my heavy is like 135 pounds. So that, that, that's fine. So
So what, instead of that, why don't you do a fly movement first, like a pec deck or a cable first, pre-exhaust the chest. So that 135 or whatever you're going to use is going to feel that much heavier. And then you won't feel all the feel in the chest. You won't feel it in the in, where, where, where the screws are. I, I do. That's that's exactly what I do. Okay, do. great. But I'm trying to like say, oh, maybe I should go a little heavier. And then once I go, you know, because it, it's kind of like, I, I, I guess like I'm going against my own, um, my own advice. Like, do what I can do, not what I can't do. Yeah. But then, like you know, my ego kicks in a little bit. I'm like, I, I should be doing more than 135 pounds. Does your chest have any eyes on it? it has no idea what weight you're using. Has no, like just knows that there's being tension put upon the pec, and you're recruiting as many fibers as possible. You're absolutely right. You're no, you're 100 right, and, and that's why I need to talk about this sometimes because I get lost in my own head, you know. And I, I, because then I'm like, I could, I could dumbbell row 125 pound dumbbell one on rows, but then I'm struggling to get up 135 pounds on my chest, so it like messes with me sometimes because I like to train. And yeah. I, you know, fit being going to be 57 this April, I would like to be 37 again, but it ain't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Scott, what is your routine like? Are you a high rep or what, like, what does your general routines look like? Well, for, I, I train a five-day split. That's what I do. A push-pull leg, which I, which I absolutely love, love, you know? Talk us through that. So uh, Monday or day one is, is push. It's chest, shoulders, tries. Tuesday is pull, which is back and buys, but that's my, my that's my I would call it my heavy back day where there's a lot of rowing and, and and deadlifts. Okay, Wednesday is off because again that, that heavy back day, and that's one of the other things people don't rest enough. Yep. I, I'm like you're not going to progress. You grow and recover when you rest, not when you're training. Mm -hmm. And they don't and and they they don't listen. I go, do you think? You know, you're not going to come to the gym if you take a day off. You know, you're getting out of that routine, you know. So then Wednesday is off. Thursday is push day number two, which is a little bit more shoulder, um, you know, uh, focused. Friday is legs. And Saturday is pull day number two. And Sunday's off. So you're doing legs once a week. That's, I got to tell you, I couldn't do more than once a week. Yeah, no, I don't. But but I will tell you that I on my on my back day when I'm deadlifting, uh, I dead I don't I don't deadlift like a powerlifter. I'm sitting when I'm when I'm pulling, I'm I'm getting a lot of glute and a lot of hamstring. Like the next day, my legs are fatigued because I am down in that squatted position, pulling from there, and my back does not you know it, it I don't feel anything in my lower back. It's I'm. Think about it, if you can picture it. I'm down in that, and I also do deficit deadlifts. That's what I do. So I'm standing higher than the bar is. Gotcha. Scott, so, what's, your, what's your thought? Sorry, what's your thought on on fasted cardio, or do you believe in fasted cardio? Uh, let's talk about the public. You do cardio when you're able to do it. You know what I mean? It had to, it, just get it done. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, there's a minuscule, minuscule. You know, uh, you know. Uh, benefit, you know, but if you, if most people go to work. So are you going to get up, do fasted cardio, have your meal, then go to work, come back and then train? No, no, no it's it's not realistic. Okay. Yeah, I hate fasted cardio. I hate it. <laughs> Can't do it. it. Makes me miserable. I'm tired. Now, like you, the bad people look at, at, at these full, full-time bodybuilders and I, and again, I, I, 
you know, all, all accolades to them, but they have the ability to do that, and that's okay, you know? Yep. So real quick again, just recap for your split. You do um, push on Monday, pull on Tuesday. Rest Wednesday. Rest Wednesday. Push again on Thursday. Legs. Legs on, Thursday, on Friday. Pull number two on, on, on Saturday. Gotcha. And pull, pull number two is more rear delt focused. Because I, I do rear, rear delts with back because it's in, it's in my back, you know? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. No, and I make sure that people, anybody that I, I train or that I work, rear delts are the first shoulder exercise that you do. Because everybody has a muscular imbalance, even if they don't train, because we live in a forward world. So their anterior deltoid, although it's not developed, but in comparison to the rear deltoid, nobody, there's nothing functioning in life that you use a rear deltoid with. Well, usually everyone forgets it too. They don't, yeah. they don't incorporate it in the workout. Can't see it. And, and a, most people sit in a desk all day, so they're already flexed. Their anterior deltoid is being flexed forward by looking at a computer, you know? And the other thing, if you want, is this to go off on that, is they sit at a desk in a chair all day, and then they 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 they're pitched forward, and they say, "My back's bothering me." Well, the backs are not bothering them; they're sitting in that position. They have tight hips, tight hamstrings, and they can't even activate their glutes. Let's go back to uh, nutrition for one second. Sure, sure. What are your thoughts on oatmeal? Um, I have a lot of clients that eat oatmeal, but I have some clients that it just doesn't it, it doesn't operate good in their in their system, you know. In what in what way do you do you say it doesn't? It, 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 they they feel bloated a lot from it. And what do you what do you um, think about adding like uh, like pineapple to um, your your first meal of the day or some blueberries? That's fine. Like pineapple has bromelain, which is going to help digestion. You know. And if so, if somebody has fruit in their diet, do you keep that in when they start to go get into contest phase? Yeah, as long as they're staying lean, yeah. Yeah. No, because I just, I, you know, it's, it's really difficult talking to a lot of people that think, like, fruit is really bad for you when you start training for a contest and what they think that needs to be removed. And, 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 when, and when, but also when you're having it, you know, you're not going to have a, a bunch of pineapple or watermelon before you go to bed. That's that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. I know that. But there's a lot of people who have different views of today, and it's uh, it's difficult to talk to people who have been in this for a year or two and they believe that their way is the only way and like, Hey, look, I've been doing this for 40 years and I wouldn't do what you're doing. Yeah. Well, why are you being so stubborn? And they're like, why are you being so stubborn? And I'm like, <laughs> I gotta walk away. <laughs> yeah. Scott, in today's, in today's society, everybody wants it here and now. Okay. If someone is to start a, a diet program, a training program, what do you generally recommend the longevity before they make that change? I don't, I'm not sure if I have followed your question specifically. So do you put somebody on a program, let's say for 60 days, 90 days before you make a tweak to it? Or like no, how no, no. as the body changes and adapts, the prescription has to change. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So, so when I work with people, it, 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 I just, I just don't do the quote unquote diet. I, again, there, there are four pillars: food, Cardio, supplementation, resistance training. And I individualize those four and then manipulate them over time. One doesn't work without the other, you know? Yep. What is a staple in your diet for, I'll say, over-the-counter supplementation? Your fish oils? What do you what do you generally use yourself? 
Okay. What, what everybody's core because again, everybody's disposable income is different. Yep. A really good multivitamin, you know, right. vitamin D and a good, good fish oil. Those are your three cores, you know. And why say vitamin D? Because it, it has to do with immune and as well as proper hormone function. And we all don't have enough in our bodies. When I, I take a look at people's blood work, oh, they go, I'm in the normal range. Uh, between, it's between 30 and 100. I'm 32. I go, no, no, not in my world. Because when we talk about ranges with blood work, I want you in the optimal range, not in the normal range. Because on the bell curve, would you, what do you want to get a 62 on the exam or you want a 98, you know? And what about vitamin C? Um, if there's a lack of it, I mean, it, it, again, it's... It, I don't know if people are really lacking it. I think it's a great antioxidant. I think it's a good immune booster as well. But again, it, it gets back to disposable income as well, you know, and, and, and also compliance. You know, when you work with somebody who really hasn't been eating right, they're not training consistently, and then you throw supplements in there, that's a lot to take all at once, you know? Yeah. So you, you got to think about compliance, you know? And Vinny, we're in this world, so we'll do whatever it takes and continue to do it. This is so new to, to a lot of people, you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I feel like there's so much information that it's so confusing today. And people don't know where to start. That's the biggest thing. They don't know where to start. Yeah. And they never really get off the ground in, in being consistent. That's the biggest thing, being consistent. Oh yeah, and so the I'll when I work with somebody, it's a minimum of three months, or else I will not work with you. I, it's not worth my time, and it's not worth your time and your money. You know? Yeah. So as we're winding down here, I, I can't believe how fast this went. Yeah. I mean, we, we got to do this again. Um, we got to get you on again. Um, tell uh tell everybody where they can reach you. Look look for you on Instagram, Facebook. Um on 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 Instagram, uh it's. IFBB Pro underscore Scotty Apex. Um, my website is scottythebodymechanic.com. All right, cool. Cool. And um, is there anything on the horizon? Were you thinking of anything to do for this year? Uh, no. But right now, I'm, I'm really working with, a, 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 I'm involved in a really exciting company that, uh, I'm, that's going to help me, you know, take things even to a, a, a more you know, advanced level with clients. Um because I, I can make every single client get blood work, and it's been really challenging. So I'm working with a company that I'm really heavily involved with called Integrated Wellness, which is an anti-aging, re regenerative, uh, you know, um, you know, a company that just deals with all aspects of of of, of you know of people's longevity when it comes to whether it be you know using peptides to help things out, whether it be hormones, whether it be supplements, and blood work is extremely difficult for me to get people to get a hormone panel. To be quite honest, they can get. Yeah. So we're working with a company called Tribe that does use it's sent to your house. You do your blood work at your own house and send it back. Okay. And we where are they located? I'm not sure where they're located, but um, it, 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 it we send we send the, 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 the kit right out to you, and you, you you put it right on your arm, and you press a button with, with, with you know with a little bit of a needle. The test tube's connected to it. Really? Yes. Wow, that's pretty cool. And the other thing is, you know, we're working on um, is um, you know, you know what continuous glucose monitors are, right? Sure. Yeah. It's only really available. It measures your blood sugar literally all day long from 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 what's you know from a, a um 
you know, it's a, an apparatus. It's on your arm, and it communicates with your phone. And I'm able to, as a trainer, be able to have a dashboard to monitor your blood sugar. So I can tell what foods are actually causing a rise in blood sugar. But it's only but continuous glucose monitors are really only available to the diabetic population. Mm-hmm. You know, any there's a, you know, but now there's a company that we're, we're we're negotiating with to actually work with the active population because a lot a, a, the, the the crux of a lot of people's problems is blood sugar. Yeah, really, really is. And until they can understand how foods are affecting their blood sugar, and even lack of sleep, stress affects blood sugar. You know, when I talk about there are four pillars, food, cardio, supplementation, resistance training, the other, the other, there's, there's three other things that are really important for overall wellness, sleep, because for recovery, stress, and then human interaction. Mm-hmm. Those three, nobody really talks about, but they're important. So how does human interaction take place? Being, I mean, think about what happened when, when they shut the country down. People were isolated. You know, they, they became depressed and withdrawn. And, and, and it, you know, you were, actually, it, it's what people interact, you know, like we are right now, or specifically more in person, it, it releases chemicals in the brain that, that, that give you an overall feeling of wellness. Your mood is elevated. You're happier, you know? Right, right, right. We, we are social people. We're made to interact. But what's, what the problem is now is given technology we're interacting less and less right and, and it's a problem but nobody's really identifying it but it's a problem that's affecting other things in people's lives their wellness interesting so scott the the blood the uh the blood panel that you were mentioning is that available now or it's coming to the market yes yeah if someone contacts me i could put you know we have our, um people from integrated nails so will call you and set you up on it yep it'll be set right to your house excellent excellent yeah. Cool. Yeah, anything else? You got a lot of things in the hopper here. Anything else? No, that's that's it for right now. And I know Vinny was asking, you know, uh, what my what when's my next show? You know, and I, you know what it was? I, I got four pro cards in July. I, like my goal was to turn pro. I don't know if I have. I mean, I don't know if I have like that deep desire to compete as a pro. You know what I mean? Well, remember there are shows that have sixteen over. Yeah, I know. I know. There's one in September uh, in Daytona. Uh, it's there's a master's pro there. I, I, I've looked at it already. <laughs> I, know, I know you have. <laughs> That's all good, man. Yeah. Um, but uh, this has been excellent. It's been great. And we got to get you back on, talk a little more technical about it. I, I, I honestly, the truth is, like, I'm like, wow, it's done already. We I just kind of scratched the surface, you know? We didn't even scratch the surface. Yeah. 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 So thank you so much for coming on. Um, we'll have you on again. And um, thank you. I, I, this hey, is great. Vinny, good to see you as usual. Sean, it was really a nice pleasure to meet you. Definitely, definitely. I know Eric's probably watching this now. If not, he's going to watch in the morning here. Yeah. But, but Scott, it's been a pleasure. Continued success to you. As Vinny said, we'll get you back on. And maybe we can get like a, a Q&A ahead of time. Um, sure. Everybody, everybody listening and watching, make sure you tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you so much. Good night, guys. Good night.